The following podcast is going to be explicit for the rest of this month of February of Black History Month, so listener's discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Black History Month, I decided that these episodes are going to be under one banner, and the banner is titled, Come Get These Nigga Lessons. But before I get into my lessons of it, the episode is entitled Still Marching. And before I get into my whole rhetoric about what I'm going to be talking about, let me list off the food categories for this week. Um, Today's the 31st is Hot Chocolate Day. I mean, it's cold out there. Get yourself a cup of hot chocolate and listen to this podcast. You're going to learn something, hopefully. Um, tomorrow, will, the February the 1st, will be Baked Alaska Day, Cake Pop Day, and Dark Chocolate Day. February the 2nd is Tater Tot Day. February the 3rd, Chocolate Cake, not Chocolate Cake, Carrot Cake Day, sorry. February 4th, Homemade Soup Day, Stuffed Mushroom Day, and Pork Rind Appreciation Day. February the 5th, World Nutella Day, Frozen Yogurt Day, and February the 6th, Chopsticks Day. Now that that's out the way, let me explain this, why I'm doing this. Black History Month is the time of the year where black individuals, black people are celebrated. This is the time of the year where we get to revel in our blackness. We get to show people that what we have created, it gets highlighted in this month of this year, this short month of February. But nevertheless, we should take full advantage of this month to let everybody know what black people are capable of doing and to let ourselves know what we're capable of and to let the youngins know what we are capable of. Let them see black people of the past and black people of the present get their roses to let them know hey you can do this too you can be the next barack obama you can be the next lebron james you can be the next big politician big scientist in whatever thing anything you want to do you can do this is what black history month is designed for people are going to wonder why do we need black history month since we're supposedly all together we're all americans we're all this or that well let me explain this why because slavery happened a long time ago and i'm gonna break into slavery in this episode and this is kind of our thing now this is ours america has deemed february the short month yet again ours this is ours this is ours. Like I said, I'm going to get into it more, but just to get you a brief understanding, February is ours. You can't fight it. Just accept it. Embrace it. Stop questioning it. If you want to question something, question the past. Question the past. Question why people did what they did in the past. Don't question why black people have a month a short 
month. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Revel in it. Look at it. Look at it as a way to understand black people. Look at it as a way to just get a glimpse of what we have gone through and what we have accomplished since being here. But before I really break into this, let me hit my social media uh, websites and everything right now because I'm going to, because the last couple of episodes, I've been forgetting to advertise it. But let me get on to it now. On Instagram, you can find me at my two cents podcast G2. I'll say it again my two cents podcast G2 all together. And on Twitter, I am at the at my two podcast. Again, it's at my two podcast. But if you want to type it into the search bar, it's my two cents podcast, all one word. You'll see my logo pop up there. Now that that's out the way. Let me get into some formalities of what it's like to be black in America. For as li- for what it's like to be black in America, it's to be walking around with a big old target on your back. It's difficult because you have to portray um something that certain people are not, certain people are not outgoing, certain people are not um, talkative. Certain people are inclu- just an indoorsy person. They like to keep to themselves. They might not be the most smiling individual that might come off menacing to other people. I mean, black people are... We are a variety of people. We're, we're, we are a big variety all right, some of us are smiling, talkative, just a ray of sunshine, some of us are negative, grimy, just get out my face, some of us are straight up in the middle, like, they'll talk to you, they want to talk to you, they don't want to talk to you, they don't want to talk to you, I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're just, we're just like everybody else, every race has that, every ethnicity has that, But just for some reason, in America, if you're black and you're not sunshiny, bubbly, you're just ready to talk, that's a problem. That's a problem to people that deem you a certain way. It's a problem for the people in power. It's a problem for them because they see you in a box for black people we're stuck in one box all right we're stuck in either you're good or you're bad and let me hit you with this because you're going to say how is you going to matter of fact you're going to say everybody's good or bad i'm gonna give you an example what i mean by good or bad Throughout my time in public school of elementary to middle school to high school, I was raised up with a mother and a father, siblings, 
a loving family environment. I came to school looking nice. I never looked raggedy in a way which people raggedy, ladies and gentlemen, is looking um just in a way that people will look it's a look of discern. People would be wondering, wow, he looks so he has beat up clothes, he has torn pants, he has dirty shoes. That's what raggedy is. I never had I never was a raggedy kid. I always had nice shoes, I always had nice pants, I always had nice shirts, nice jackets. My mother and father was always able to get us clothes when we needed it. We never were in a situation of raggediness. So throughout my time in middle school and high school, I would get this from time to time. And this is an example of what I'm about to say by good or bad. I would hear this from other classmates. Wow, you're not like the rest of them. And I will question it. I I didn't really question it because I didn't really pay attention to it. But in high school, I just questioned it one time because a person walked up to me. Matter of fact, not a person that walked up to me. A person I was sitting around with at the lunch table and I was talking and then he just said to me, wow, you're not like the rest of them. And I asked him, what do you mean I'm not like, what do you mean by that? He said, you don't sag your pants. You don't talk, uh, talk a certain way. You talk like you got, he's basically trying to say, I talk like I got sense. I talk like I'm educated. I talk like them. That's what he's trying to say in their terminology. They deem me as one of the good ones and not one of the bad ones. That's what I mean by good or bad. And that didn't stick with me until I'm doing this right now. And I was able to pull that example out because it didn't really stick with me, but it was always just there in the back of my mind. Another example, I am in mm, 10th slash 11th grade because I was able to jump a year up. I was able to get out a year early because my mother asked me a question of, hey, do you want to get out of school early one year? I said, yes, because I am not school driven. And what I mean by that, I'm ready to get out of school. I'm ready. Whatever I got to do to get me out, I want to get out because I'm tired of just being in school. But getting back to the story, I'm in 10th slash 11th grade. I'm in my English class first day. And it's like segregation when you walk in. All the blacks are on one side and all the whites are on one side. And it's very, very easy to see that when you walk in there. But unlike segregation, you are able to pick your own desk. You were able to pick your own seat. It wasn't predetermined, A, all the blacks sit on one side and all the whites sit on one side. No, it was just predetermined that you can easily just sit wherever you want. So I sat with the blacks. I sat with some of my uh, people that I knew in the classroom. It's not like I didn't know the white people in there. It's just that I knew my black friends more. So I sat in the back with them. 
And the teacher walks in, and she even makes a comment. And she says, wow, okay, this this seems weird. So I need a couple of you to move around in the desk, move around in the classroom. Nobody moved because we were all fine with being where we were at. So she decided to move myself and a white dude. We had to swap desks. And she made one more switch. And she walked up to me later. And she mentioned to me that it looked like I wasn't a good fit over there. Yet again, I didn't pay it no attention. But it was just back in the back mindset. That is what I mean by good or bad, ladies and gentlemen. It's difficult being a black person in America. And you might say to yourself, well, how's, how difficult it is? Because you see all these black entertainers on Twitter, all these black social media on social media just getting money and doing whatever they want. Yeah, those are the ones that were able to do that but you got to look at the ones that are trying to do that as as well but are not succeeding you got to look at the ones that are on the street you got to look at the ones that are still working at their day job and that probably will never ever get off into the stratosphere on social media as in being a big old superstar as certain black entertainers are listen it's much more easier for white people to do it and if you think i'm lying look at some of the tiktokers for the love of god there's a lot of white high profile tiktoker tiktokers that are now getting movie roles in hollywood limelight and you know the funny part tiktok because my sister watches tiktok and i'd be looking at it and she'd be watching some white people dancing on TikTok, and I'm just looking at it, and I see the moves that they're doing, and one in particular, Savage, a black girl made the dance on TikTok, and a white, high-profile TikToker looked at it, took the dance from it, started doing the dance, and people start accrediting that dance over to that high-profile white girl. Yet again, we as blacks just got robbed that black girl should have been out of here into the stratosphere on tiktok but that's not the case that didn't happen she got robbed her whole dance got robbed from her with no accreditation no nothing no shout out she just got robbed yet again that just that's just another aspect of what I'm talking about. There's a whole lot of black high school players that are either in football or basketball. They see that as their only way to get out. And boy, whenever they don't get out of their certain predicament that they're in, that's a problem because they put all their eggs in that basket. They didn't put their some of the eggs and then to their education because their home life might not be right. Their home life might be bad because 
of what the economical system has done to black people. They have this whole black, being black in America is really, really difficult, but some of us make it look good. Some of us are able to pull it off with big finesse, big style. I mean, just dripping with sauce. And you guys just see it as, oh, black people are doing good. Look at them. You can name off probably about a good 10 of them that are doing really well. But you got to look at their field. What have they done? What have, what are they doing? And then when you do that, look at their background. Look at and see where they came from. Were some of them drug dealers? Were some of them uh, just lucky and fortunate enough to just get out of a certain predicament that they were in? But that's another whole thing. Getting back to my point of good or bad, when white individuals look at black people, and I mean certain white individuals because you know who you are as I'm saying this. If it's not you, do not take offense to what I'm saying. But you white people know who the white people are that look at black people either in a good or bad category. If you're you're good, as in you're talking so eloquently that white people don't see you as a threat, a.k.a. me. Whenever I talk to white people, they don't see me as a threat. They don't see me as being a guy that could take somebody's life, which I'm not. Thank God for that. But that's not always the case in other black people's lives. There's a plenty of black people that I've hung around with that are good dudes that just happen to be raised up in a bad spot or bad neck of the neighborhood that teachers would say, yo, you probably don't want to hang around with that person. Or they would probably make a comment about that certain person. Just because either one, their grades are not up to par, in which the teachers never really dive into why the grades are not up to par. They never really look into why, hey, see about their kid's home life, in which personally, as in, yo, you shouldn't probably want to, like, call up DSS or nothing. Don't do that. Have a conversation with the parent. Or have a conversation, yeah, have a conversation with the parents. Ask them, hey, is everything okay at, at home? Here's a couple of resources that we do have that we can help for your child to be up to par so he won't he or she won't fall back. That's certain things that I have not seen through my time of growing up in the school system. Then again, that's just me. There's probably teachers out there in this world, and I'm not doubting it, that have talk to the parents say hey your kid is not up to par your kid is lacking in certain uh subjects in school and they were able to give the kid uh study material more study material than other classmates or give them more extra study time or give them more prep time something of that 
magnitude. There's probably been teachers out there that have done that. But yet again, I haven't seen it. But I'm not knocking you if you have done it. And I applaud you if you have. And if you haven't, for the love of God, please get in contact with the kid's parents. And tell them, hey, your kid is slipping up. We want to help you guys out. If something's going down, give, give me something. Give me something so I can help you. I want to help these kids because that's what teachers are supposed to do. Teachers are the biggest. They're supposed to be the biggest supporters for their class students. They're supposed to be the biggest supporters for the supporters for their students so they can graduate, so they can learn things. They're supposed to be their cheerleader. Basically, teachers are cheerleaders. They want to see their students succeed. They want to see them excel. That's what their job title is. And I applaud all the teachers out there. But in the other way, let me get back to being black in America. We've all saw stories of black people getting pulled over by police officers. And let me make this real easy for you to understand. If you don't understand why a black person is scared to be pulled over by a cop, you haven't been paying attention to everything well through the past, mm, I don't know, 40 years, maybe? Or probably even longer. But I'll give it 40. You haven't been paying attention to news that's going on right now. Being black and getting pulled over is the most terrifying thing that can happen to you. Because you don't know why a cop is pulling you over. The first thing that a cop will do is walk up to your car and ask for a license and registration. And I've seen it because I've been in the car with a black person and a cop did that. And I asked, matter of fact, I didn't ask. I had a conversation with said black person after the fact. And I said, I believe a cop's supposed to tell you the reason why they pulled you over. And that black person replied back, yeah, they're supposed to tell you the reason why they pulled you over. They're not supposed to ask for your license and registration first. They're supposed to hit you with this phrase. Do you know why I pulled you over? Which is a stupid phrase, but they're supposed to hit you with that first. And then you then you reply, no, I don't know why you pulled me over. And they will tell you the reason why they pulled you over. And if you disagree with it, you can either say, no, I wasn't speeding, or no, I didn't, such and such, blah, blah, blah. But then after that, they're supposed to ask for your license and registration. They're not supposed to come out hot out the gate, walk up to your car and say, hey, I need your license and registration. But yet again, I'm on another tangent. Let me get back to the main focus. Being black in a car, getting pulled over, it's scary. It's, it's, if you're black, you understand it. If you're not black, if you haven't been around black people getting pulled over, I don't think you're able to understand it as much. You're probably scared at first because you're wondering, okay, why I get pulled over? But with black people, we have history and loads of trauma from seeing people looking like us getting pulled over and cops just doing something straight up just heinous. Either them 
beating them in the street or beating them up on the sidewalk or forcefully removing them out of their vehicle or shooting them in broad daylight for nothing. We have seen that. That has been publicized. We have seen a black man walking away from officers and an officer straight up just shooting him seven times and now he is paralyzed from the the neck, not neck, but waist down? We have seen that. But you're going to say, well, he went for a knife. You could easily tase the man or you could easily just jump on the man. We have seen stories of white people getting, and I mean just shooting up cops left and right, say, hey, yo, I got hostages here and there. The works. And what happens? Cops forcefully took that white person and he's arrested and he's able to stand trial. While on the opposite end, a black person gets killed for not turning a signal light on. Let that sink in for a minute. A black person gets killed for not turning on their signal light while a white person that's doing something so heinous and foul just gets arrested. Take, for instance, Capitol riots, or as they're trying to say now, an insurrection. But it's a rioting that happened. Don't try to sweet talk or sugarcoat it. That was a straight-up riot act, and you saw cops letting them in. You saw cops trying their, well, not really trying, because that's a lie. You saw cops spraying them with some pepper spray. You, I didn't see not a cop hitting them with a baton, not hitting them with a taser, not a lick or split. If a cop would have straight up popped one of them in the leg, just the leg, if you wanted to make a point, that just scare them, you could have shot one of them in the leg. I didn't see one. That's the difference between being black and white in America. White in whiteness in America, you got away with it. You got a way with doing it. And what I mean by a way, because you're going to say to me, well, Joe, they didn't get away because the FBI is going to be arresting them. Yeah, they're getting arrested. While on the opposite, in a parallel universe, if it was a black rioting up the Capitol, by God, it would have been nothing but straight up shootout, shootout, shootout. And a whole lot of bodies would have been dropped right on that floor. That whole Capitol building would have straight up been nothing but blood soaked right on the pavement. If you think I'm lying, you haven't been looking. You haven't been watching. That's the truth. And let me explain this to you. The summer riots that happened, it was because... Of black men got killed and black people decided to rise up against police tyranny, against bad policing. And they tore up the city because 
the only way that America pays attention to what your cause is, is if you tear up money. If you tear up money in the buildings, in their furniture, and everything else of that city that requires money to fix it, America pays attention. The whole world pays attention. And let me state this again. It was out of a black man getting killed by a police officer who had his who had his knee on the man's neck. For black people to say that's enough is enough. We have seen too many of us getting killed out here, and they decided to tear up that whole place. Because the only way America pays attention is out of money and the rioters that happened on January the 6th was because of an election that you were able to participate in and that they participated in and that their candidate lost and that their candidate had them go straight up to the Capitol building and say, hey, you guys need to fix this. So compare it. Which one was stupid? Rioting because a black man got killed and you've seen enough? Or rioting because your politician lost in an election that you were able to participate in? I'm pretty sure you know which one is the answer to it. I don't have to say it, but you know it. <laughs> Let me explain something to you as well. Whenever you see us talking about police brutalities, I want you to just have a conversation with us. Don't try to jump in being combative. No, no, no. Ask legitimate civil questions don't be a dickhead and say hey doesn't the police protect and serve that's a part of their job and what they're supposed to do but what they're failed to tell you is that they're not protecting and serving black individuals they are killing us and your reply might be, well, black people kill black people. That's the thing. Black people killing black people is a black and black thing. White people killing white people is a white and white thing. But if a police officer kills a white person, that is a police officer and a white thing. If a police officer kills a black person, it is a police matter in a versus a black person. Now, as a police officer, your whole job is to protect and serve. Protect individuals out there. That is your job. You're supposed to protect the community that you are serving. You're not supposed to be a killing, killing homicidal person just to kill up black individuals and white individuals just to have that badge of power. That's not your whole job. That's not your job. 
Your job is to protect and serve. Your job is to look out for the community. If something's going wrong in the community, you look at it and see what's up. You have these questions. You question civilians. Hey, what's going on? And if that's not your job, and what I mean by that, if you are afraid of that, don't sign up to be a police officer. It is not your responsibility to be a police officer if you're afraid to do that. Being a police officer, that is your job. You're there to ask questions. You're there to help the locals that you're that you are assigned in that town or whatever the case may be. That is your job. Your job is to question and do your duty of protecting and serving. And I know being a police officer, it is a tear not yeah, I'm gonna say say it. It is a terrible job with a terrible feeling because you are going out there every day putting your life on the line for people, for other people. Here's the deal though. You filled out a paper. You went to an academy, if you did go to an academy. You went through all that to become a police officer. It's not like they're pulling you just off the street and say, hey, yo, you're going to be a police officer. And if you don't, you're going to jail. You are putting yourself in that position to be a police officer. I'll say it again slowly for you. You are putting yourself in harm's way to be a police officer because that is your decision. You made the decision to be a police officer. So guess what? You have to deal with the consequences of being a police officer. And just like in this instance of if you decide to be a gangbanger and something happens to you, you knew the risk. It didn't choose you. You chose it. You chose to do that. So as an officer, it is your job to protect and serve, not kill black people just off the whim and off the nudge. Because black people are getting tired of seeing us getting killed and nothing happens to the officers that kill us. The last person that the last officer that I could say that actually got punished to my regulation was the woman in Texas that killed a black man in his own apartment. And she said that she thought that was her apartment and she killed him because she, one, she thought he was invading in his, in her apartment, which in reality wasn't her apartment. And she ends up getting 10 years. And now she's, straight up appealing those 10 years instead of having the guts to serve out those 10 years. You made a colossus fuck up as a police officer. That was your fuck up. You understand? You decided that. You 
killed that man. You could have tased him. And damn it, he'll still be here if you would have tased him. But no, you were quick on the damn draw to pull your gun and shoot up. So guess what? Take them damn 10 years. It should have been more. But no, it was 10. Now we're dealing with the nigga that put his knee on George Floyd's neck. You gonna pay for this. Because if not, America, I promise you now, as I'm speaking, hell is going to be paid in a lot of blood if this nigga don't be, is not in jail. If this nigga doesn't get put down. If he doesn't serve hella time in jail. It's going to be a complete, complete different look because, boy, you guys thought the rioting in the summertime was bad? Tell me if he gets off how messed up it's going to be. And I don't want to hear people saying, well, they trust what was in the judicial law system. It went through the courts. The fuck that mean? It went through the courts. Fuck out of here. The courts have failed black people. The courts have failed us tremendously. The court will continue to fail us until we see something happen. And matter of fact, I'm just going to be real and honest with you. The reason why black people was... Mm, the reason why black people were excited because OJ got away with it was because he was able to kill two white individuals and get off scot-free. It has never been seen in American history whenever you think about it. And I mean, you need to really think about it. When the hell has that ever happened? When a black person kills two white people and they're able to get off with nothing what, just paying off the failing, which the failing will probably never see a red damn dime? That has never happened. And it hasn't happened since then. To my knowledge, to my recollection, O.J. Simpson was able to get off with it because America has had a bad history with blacks in the judicial system. That's why black people were excited. And let me give you guys something, just a little tidbit. O.J. Simpson was able to get off because his wife at the time had another man. She was a blonde with blue eyes. That is though, that is the creme de la creme of white womenness in America. And if you think I'm bullshitting you, look at the history of America. Marilyn Monroe cute face blonde hair I'm not sure if she had blue eyes but you can probably bet on a dollar matter of fact let me look that up for it right now and I just got done looking it up her eyes were blue ain't that a bitch 
Marilyn Monroe's eyes were blue, and she is honored as the top whitest woman in America history in Hollywood. You think I'm lying again? Seriously. Do research on it. I'm telling you now, I am a man that is able to observe things and look at things. I'm not trying to give you guys false hope. I might be, I'm not trying to give you guys even misleading information. I'm just giving you things that I have observed throughout my life living on this planet in the location of America. I'm telling you what I have seen. And boy, do people go crazy over Marilyn Monroe. And she was white, blonde hair, blue eyes. O.J. Simpson got off and his wife <laughs> was a blonde woman. Don't know the color eyes, but she was with another man. Hear what I just said in that sentence. Another man. She was with another man. Now, back in that time period, OJ was so beloved by everybody that if he just would have killed his wife, he would have went to jail. People would have looked at him so wrong. But since there was another man in that killing crime scene, if you will, I guarantee you you were able to spin that story into making it seem like OJ's wife and that dude were some type of lovers somewhere. Were some type of something such such and much. You get the drift of where I'm getting at here. That's how the whole jury system was able to be able to be manipulated off the idea that she was probably messing around with this guy. I give Johnny Cochran his well respect for if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Whole phrase, I give him that. But I promise you, that whole damn, if that glove don't fit, you must acquit stuff. The whole jury wouldn't give a damn about that. They would have looked at it as, oh shit, OJ Simpson killed a white girl, blonde hair, and I'm going to say blue eyes, but I don't know. Hold up, let me check on that. Well, Nicole Brown Simpson had one of the two. She had blonde hair, but she had black eyes. Nevertheless, she was still pretty. She was a pretty white woman, and I don't care what nobody's going to tell me. They would have found that nigga guilty. They would have found O.J. Simpson guilty as charged if it was just her. But since she had another dude next to him, nah. Everybody what is everybody saw that. Everybody saw that. You know what? Nah. She slept with the wrong boy. She slept with dude. So you know what? We're gonna let OJ off of this. And whenever that whole thing happened, boy, did you see. Because if you look back and you look at it and there's videos of it, there there's videos of it of black people just celebrating their butt off. Cause dude, I say it again. Black people in the justice system, we get fucked. Bad. There's been instances since, and there's been instances in the past. We have gotten fucked so bad. I'll give another case. George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin. Do I really need to get into that? George Zimmerman is out here right now. Do you understand? 
He's out here while Trayvon Martin, who was a teenager at the time, is dead in the ground. Fuck out of here. The justice system is shit when it comes down to black individuals. It's shit for us. And and you guys want us to trust it. No. We will never trust it. Being black in America, we will never trust the justice system. And if you encounter a black person that trusts the justice system, God bless them. God bless them indeed. Because you know what? There's been too much history that's proven us, to prove to us, that you should never trust the justice system in a lot of cases that are against us. That are supposedly we are the accusers. We have done something wrong. Even though you probably didn't do nothing wrong, you're going to get arrested. You're going to go to jail. There's a whole lot of black men and women in jail that are innocent and that the ju- and the police officers haven't caught the real person that have done it. And as a matter of fact, there's a lot of black people that are guilty of doing certain things that are spending a lot of time in jail that if it was a white counterpart that done the exact crime... Got off with lesser time. That's insane. You understand? That is complete insanity. That's insane to the highest magnitude. Because when you are told that, hey, this crime is this crime, you think to yourself, okay, everybody, if you do that exact crime, is going to get the exact punishment. And now that doesn't happen. White people have skated off with lesser time to no time or paying a fine while black people doing the exact same crime get smacked harder (laughs) because they're black, because our skin color, because white people, and I'm going to say this again, I'm not talking to every white person when I say this. You know who you are when I say white people are afraid. White people are afraid of black people. They're afraid of us. I'm going to tell you right now. White people are afraid to see black people in predominant roles. We can build up a lot of things and make it the most must-see, must-do thing in America. And boy, will we not get the credit for it. That's the truth. I'm not lying about that at all. Black people will go to a club and boy, oh boy, will people want to go to that club more because they'll start seeing a whole lot of black people in there. You want to go in there because we make the club hot. We make a place hot. We make everything hot. Black people just have a whole lot more oomph. A whole lot more juice, if you will. If we decide to put our mind to doing something. Because in black people mentality, it's either all or nothing. When a black person is focused on doing something, there's no half-assing something. You either go in all the way or you don't do it at all. 
when we put our mind to it. If you think I'm lying, look at some of look at some of the people now. Jay Z, he was an all or nothing type of guy. Dame Dash, another all or nothing type of guy. Sean Combs, all or nothing type of guy. LeBron James, all or nothing type of guy. The late great Kobe Bryant, all or nothing type of guy. And Michael Jordan, all or nothing type of guy. Tiger Woods, all or nothing type of guy. Barack Obama, first black president, number 44, all or nothing type of guy. And now the vice president, Kamala Harris, all or nothing type of female. When black people, we put our mind to something, it's all or nothing. We have to be the best. Because if we're not the best, we can look down upon and say, ah, ah, he was all right, but this person, a more, a less qualified white person, did it better. Or, and I'm not going to say a less qualified, I'll switch it up here. If a black person has so much credentials to their name and they're competing against a white person with probably a few or less credentials, you be honest with yourself. Who's going to get that position? I can guarantee you it's not going to be the black person nine times out of the ten. It's not going to be the black individual. And that's a damn shame. Because America is supposed to be land of opportunity. And people will say, well, Joe, he had an opportunity. No. <laughs> he had what it looked like to be an opportunity to be the man, to be in that position, to be the woman in certain women's instances as well. But when you really start to look at it and really sit down and look at who was in the decision-making process, you can honestly look at it and say, I never was giving, even given a fair opportunity at it. I wasn't. As a black individual, you can honestly say I wasn't even given a fair shot. That's my whole thing. As a black individual, as a black person, we are the shit. We're the best. And I'm not saying that to downgrade any other ethnicity or any other race out there. I'm really not. But we're the shit. Black people, you got to realize it and understand it, that we are the shit. We are the hot thing. We are the thing. We make this whole thing go round. America was built off of our back after it was taken from the Native Americans. America was built 
off of us. Literally built off of us. And we still, to this day, haven't gotten what is owed to us. That's fucked up. The only reparation that we've gotten, and I'm going to say it right now, and if you think I'm lying again, think about it. And I want you to think about it after I say this right now. The only reparations that we got is that we're able to talk shit to whoever we want and able to say nigga. And if anybody else tries to say nigga, that's not us. It's going to be on. And if you think I'm lying about that being our reparations, I want you to really stop and think about that. That is the truth. That's our reparations. We were never given our 40 acres in a damn mule. That has never happened. While on the other hand, Jewish culture, Jewish individuals were given reparations by Germany. It was given reparations by Germany. And for all of you that's going to hit me with this, why are you bringing up slavery? Why are you bringing up the Holocaust? Let me just give insert this small clip from Louis Farrakhan from the Donahue show in 1990 so you can understand why I'm bringing up slavery in the Holocaust. When Jewish people remember the Holocaust and want the world to remember the Holocaust. Wait, wait, wait. Why do you want the world to remember? Because if the world does not remember, it is likely to repeat itself. And Jewish persons who suffered from the Holocaust want the world to remember this because the world turned its back while Jews were put in ovens. I, as a black person, want my people to remember what we have suffered and what we continue to suffer so that we will say like the Jews, never again. Now, I didn't know this, but apparently Jewish people were able to get reparations after 1990 because... And this is coming from an article that Quartz Q U not Q U Q Z dot com did, and they are talking about the title is the blueprint the U.S. can follow to finally pay reparations, and it's talking about a person that who was born in 1932. This is after the Holocaust, and no, 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 no. This was during the Holocaust because Holocaust started in 1933 when Hitler got into power. It lasted until 1946. So excuse my bad terminology here, but he was probably about, mm, I have to say what? Mm, my math is right. 14 years whenever he uh, got, whenever the Holocaust was done. But now let me just read it a little snippet of this whole thing. As a Holocaust survivor, this guy, Tetch, who now lives in Florida, is eligible for reparations from the government from the German government under the Article 2 fund. 
a program initiated during the reunification of East and West Germany in 1990. It's one of the is one of many components of the German government's ambitious reparation programs. And this article was published literally in October 13th, 2020. Like I said, if you want to look it up and read the whole thing, it's called The Blueprint the U.S. can follow, can follow to finally pay reparations. Getting to my point here, I'm not, I, I kind of was able to pick pieces and pieces of it. It's talking about how it would deem it funny and crazy how America, because it will lead to America having more problems because it's been some odd years since slavery, but who gives a damn? It's talking about how Difficult would be to give money to people that wasn't really affected since it's been generations and generations later since their ancestors have suffered from slavery and gotten withdrawn from slavery. Who gives a damn? Literally, who gives a damn? Our ancestors fought. <laughs> now I'm like, fuck all that. Our ancestors were enslaved, captured, Taken from their original place to be here as fucking freelance workers in big ass capitalized letter free lance workers. We as a people, my black culture, my black ancestors were brought here. Matter of fact, fuck all that brought. They were captured and enslaved in. America, America was built off of black people's back. And all the black people that didn't want to help build this damn place, they got beaten or they got sold or they got their fucking limbs chopped off or fuck it, they got hung or killed in another gruesome manner. And if you think I'm shitting you again, look at every past movie that has something to do with slavery. Rather from Harriet, from Roots, to the Roots reboot, to I just got done watching Amistad today with my parents. I, it's so fucked up how America is literally raised and just thrive off of money so damn bad that you didn't want to let slaves go. Because of money, you guys, quote unquote, bought humans. You paid other humans to get and travel to another damn place to capture and imprison and enslave other human beings who you deemed animals over here when you brought them over here, you deemed my ancestors as animals that you were able to buy off. And that's your only fucking thing to say, well, I bought them, so they're my property. Who the fuck are you to have done that? Every white person, I really want you to really stop. And during February, really look at what your ancestors done to other fucking races, to other ethnicities. 
white people have really fucking shitted on America and shitted on the world and everybody's fucking cool with it. That's insane. That truly is insane. Martin Luther King was on a damn high. He was... <laughs> I'm trying to regain my composure here. Martin Luther King was a man in his that was doing his damnness to try to put all races together, the blacks and the whites, to unite as one unity to which we are right now for blacks to be able to go into schools, the end of segregation, the end of all the shit, and to help for civil rights. Civil rights. For blacks to just be able to do the same things that their white counterparts were doing. Martin Luther King was preaching all of that. He wasn't preaching violence. He was preaching peace and unity. And the FBI was phone tapping into his shit to see if he was bad, see if he was dangerous, to see all that type of shit. And under the FBI's literal watch, Martin Luther King was killed. Under their damn watch, Martin Luther King didn't know he was being phone tapped, damn it. But the FBI knew where he would be, all his personal shit. Like the FBI knows all y'all's personal shit right now. Then you have Malcolm X, a man that was under the Nation of Islam, who was preaching by any means necessary. And what you guys meant to take by that was violence, just pure violence. I don't think he was saying all that. He was saying, hey, yo, if you have to knuckle up, you got to knuckle up. You're not just going to let them beat your ass. No, you're going to protect yourself. But we're not aiming at the first thing to be, yo, fuck them up. No, you're going to get, you're going to do what you do. You're going to do your stuff. And if they give you problems, you're not just going to be like Martin Luther King's followers and just allow them to beat your ass as you saw before when police officers was hosing down the supporters of Martin Luther King and everybody else that were walking with them hand in hand. No, you're going to defend yourself. That's what he meant by any means necessary. That is what he was stating. It was all about respect. And then you have Rosa Parks. She was on a bus. She was sitting on the front of the bus, minding her damn business. And then you have somebody, a white person, coming up and say, hey, yo, move off the spot. What fucking rights? Who gives you that shit? Legit. Who gives you that fucking audacity and make you think that you have that much authority to say get out that seat I want to sit there what type of shithead does that that's in in today's society that person will get ridiculed that will be on social media at the drop of a damn dime that shit will be viral that person will get ridiculed chastised and everything but since it's back in the old timing day we're just gonna say well times were different 
Fuck all that. No. You got to look at the past to make sure that shit never happens again. You have to look at everything that happened in the past. Oh, yeah, and by the way, getting back to Malcolm X, Malcolm X died by FBI. They're going to say it's because of the Nation of Islam because he went against Elijah Muhammad. Fuck all that. No, 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 no. The FBI and the government plays black people against black people, and we fall for it hook, line, and sinker, so I'm here to tell you right now, no. The government, the FBI, killed Malcolm X. That happened. The government knew and saw who killed Martin Luther King while they were surveilling, were having Martin Luther King underneath their damn thumb, and somehow underneath their damn thumb, he got killed. Thank God Rosa Parks was able to live out her life and not be assassinated. That's a good thing, and I'm glad Rosa Parks was able to do that. And for all of you that are going to tip me with this, well, you should go, well, why don't black people go back to where they came from? Why don't they go back to Africa, since Africa's where they came from, that's their homeland, and people keep on complaining about, well, this is that, they don't like America, they can just go back. They can just go back to Africa, right? Go back. Go back there. Well, let me, let me explain something to you. Matter of fact, I think, yet again, <laughs> Louis Farrakhan can do it for me, and if you don't understand what Louis Farrakhan said, let me give you a better explanation after you hear what Louis Farrakhan said about that whole going back to Africa ordeal. Never again. Okay, I've, I've been listening in this corner right here and I've heard a whole lot of negative things from the white people here. When you are trying to explain yourself, the white people don't want to hear you explain yourself. They drown you out. They start already trying to drown you out and talk over you. There's a certain amount of white arrogance here. And they don't want to listen to what black people are saying. They don't understand because they don't want to understand. I've heard a woman here say, go back to Africa. Somebody said, we have a black yeah. holiday. What does that mean? So what? What does that mean? He did not say that. He said, if we have a choice, what some of us can go and some of us yeah. can stay. Just remember, but there's no understanding just in here. People to, are just trying to, to those, talk. To those arrogant persons. You know, when you tell us, go back, Please remember where you came from. And when you, when you want to relegate somebody to a specific place, just remember what your origin is in this world. Please, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I want you to understand that you, wherever you are on the earth, you are not a native anywhere. You came there and took it from the native people who are there. So please don't talk about going back because if others talk to you about that, where would you go? Well, Louis Farrakhan basically said was that if you were to <laughs> were the recipient of the go back to where you came from speech, you have no idea where you're from. At all. You're, you're, you're nothing. You as white individuals, and I state it again, I got to continuously do this. White people, you know who you are as I'm saying this. I'm not mentioning and I'm not saying all white people are bad. But some of you, 
are trash. But getting back to my point, what Louis Farrakhan was saying is that white people have no true destination of where they belong at all. The only place where we can really say you guys truly belong, if you guys were to get told, go back where you came from, is England. England doesn't want you. England wants nothing to do with you. Matter of fact, people in England that have the real thick British accent, and if you were to go over there and say, I'm coming back here to take back what's mine, my people came, will come from here, they'll laugh you out the place. They'll tell you to basically piss off or wank off somewhere. That's their, that is their dialect that they will tell you to really piss off or wank off. You understand? America was for the Native Americans, the Indians, the tribal Indians. That was their style. This was their land. All of it. You guys came here, pillaged it, took it, took their women as well. And then you got on a ship, came to Africa, took black individuals, brought them here, sold them like sheep and animals, and you call them your property. Again, what civilization does that? What stylistic people finds that appropriate and acceptable? I can think of none. But yet again, it goes back to the almighty dollar. <laughs> they worked for free while their masters, their captives, reaped all the reward from these black <laughs> individuals' misery. And that's exactly what it was. Slavery was misery. Slavery was hell on earth. And that hell lasted for 246 years. That is mad eras and mad generation of people going through hell at the leisure in the luxurious looking the luxuriousness of their captives looking at them in their house being fed by their slaves by their <laughs> prisoners their prisoners served them fed them watch after their kids had the prisoners' kids play around with their <laughs> masters or captives, their oppressors' children, and they grew up having the idea that they were property. They were owned. That this was never going to end. They saw no light at the end of the tunnel. That's fucked up in many, many aspects of life. What?
people does that to other people. There is no answer to that. Nobody should do that to anybody. And let me just break down the numbers to you. <clears throat> Slavery started in America 1619 through 1865. That's when the 13th Amendment came in, right? Holocaust started 1933. Hitler took reign through 1946. V-Day. Now, that Holocaust lasted hmm, 13 years. Slavery lasted 246 years. Reparations for the slaves never happened. Reparations for Jewish community that happened. 1990 in Germany, they apologized to the Jewish community. That was four decades after the Holocaust, right? 2009, Congress apologized for slavery. Hmm. It took Congress 10 years to follow up and piggyback off of Germany to apologize to black people for slavery and make it worse. It was 144 years after slavery. But (laughs) 9-11 happened on one day and expanded a whole gigantic fucking war in which people enlisted because they felt some type of civic duty to their country and some of them are here with us some of them are not and we are always destined to remember 9-11 we're always destined to remember the holocaust and you might say how are we destined to remember the holocaust We in America, we might not remember the Holocaust, but there's Jewish communities in America that remember the Holocaust. And if you say something wrong about the Jewish community, they're going to come around and fuck you up and say something. They're going to come up with you and look at you mad crazy in the face if you say the Holocaust didn't exist. The Holocaust was bullshit. There was no such thing as a Holocaust. They're going to come around and say, how dare you? And you might even get fucked up by other communities. You might get fucked up by the news. You might lose your damn job off that shit basis alone for saying something like that. Are you out your mind? The Holocaust was real. In Germany, there are statues placed around Germany to apologize constantly for (laughs) them letting Hitler be in position of power. They're constantly on their knees kissing the Jewish community's ass, which rightfully so, for the Holocaust. While America took them 10 years after the Hulk, after Germany apologized to the Holocaust to apologize 
No, it took him 19 years. Sorry. Because 1990, Germany. 2009, America. So that's 19 years. Almost two decades. To apologize to black <laughs> citizens. To the black community. To people with black ancestors that were slaves. It took them that long, but we still ain't got reparations for it. The only reparations that we do have, like I said before, is saying where the fuck we want and say nigga and daring people around the way to say nigga and seeing if they would do something. Nigga is ours. You understand? Let me break that one down to you too. Nigga was used against us, but now it's ours. We flip it. We use that as a term of endearment to each black person. And yes, there are some Hollywood or there are some old black citizens and civilians that don't want to use that word. Because for them, they still have that twinge of feel that ill that's a dirty word to say and for black people to say that that's they look at it as nuts <clears throat> rightfully so i'm not we're going to criticize them for that never going to criticize them that's their opinion on it me i'm only going to speak for me i'm going to use the word nigga i'm going to use it because that word is our reparation. It is ours legally now. It belongs to us. Nobody can take that away from us. And other races might say, why can't I say it? You know good and damn well why you can't say it. And I'm going to say this right now. I know other races that have said it in their own home, in their own privacy or their own home. And don't say you haven't. That's going to insult my intelligence I don't be like I don't like my intelligence being insulted if I don't know something I'll say hey I don't know it but if you mean to tell me a song comes on and the n words in it you mean to tell me you haven't said it you mean to tell me Kanye West's gold digger song comes on you haven't said the n word you mean to tell me any rap song with n word come has come on you haven't said it either by accident or either on purpose in the own comfort of your own home or your car with your own friends or something or acquaintances. That's what you're going to tell me. You're going to try to sell me that fake pipe dream that you didn't say the N word, right? I got too much intelligence for that. Too much. I'd rather you be honest with me and say, you know, I've said that in my own comfort in my own home rather listening to songs or rapping all that, because then I can say, you know what? I can see it. People have said foul things in their own home. Everybody has. That is a complete lie if you say you haven't. But in this, out there in the world, out here on social media, by the way, don't be posting videos of yourself saying the N-word, neither. Every race except black, people because the internet will find who you are and you will lose your job you'll lose your scholarship you'll get everything taken away from you as if you were a black person because you said the n-word 
And that business or that college will have nothing and will want nothing to do with you. You can be high-profile Tony Stalin out here with every credential man frame in the world. But if you get caught out here slipping, saying the N-word on live or saying it on a Twitch stream or recording yourself saying it, and it comes out here on the internet and everybody just lambastes you for saying that, you're going to lose your job. You're going to have everything stripped away from you. And you might say, oh, for saying the N-word, yes. Because that word doesn't belong to you. That word is rooted in evil for other races against us, the black community. But the black community, we can say the N-word because it now belongs to us. It's a fundamental Understanding that every single race understands in America that the N-word belongs to us and the only people that can say the N-word is the black community. That's our that's one part of our reparations. Instead of us getting money in land that is owed to us. <sighs> That is why slavery will always be remembered. Slavery will always be remembered and always get brought up because we have gotten screwed so long in America. We have gotten screwed so hard by America that if we don't continuously bring it up, it's going to happen to us again. Some way before, some fathomable away slavery is going to happen to us again and some people might say slavery is happening to us right now with the prison system prison system you go in there you work and you might even be putting money into the headmaster's pocket or the person that's owing, owning the prison I don't know how these things work but that's what happened. People are saying these things. I didn't dig too much into it because personally, I don't care about prison system in which I should. But you know what? I'm able to stay in my own lane. I stay out of jail. I stay within my people. I go to my, I go and do my job. I do what I do. And I come home. I'm not an outdoorsy type guy. That's one way. And that's a tip. Tip. For anybody, if you want to not be in trouble, do what you got to do it and get your butt back home. That's a tip from Gerald Garrett G2 to you. Do what you got to do and get your butt home. That's it for you to stay out of trouble as a black civilian living in America. That is why slavery will always be brought up. Slavery is one of the biggest things, one of the biggest, dirty, darkest times in American history, which everybody wants to forget, but you will never, and we should never let you forget it. It should always be here. That is why Black History Month exists, for white people to get guilt-ridden. 
is for you to be feeling guilt. It's for you to look at us and look at what we have gone through to see the to see us just strive out here, living, breathing, still being successful, still out here chasing the bag, still out here just just still out here breathing and just still out here living and trying. Because that's what it is for us. The American dream for black people is just to see another day, not be another statistic. That's the American dream for us. We're trying to live. We're trying to make it out of our bad situation. But most importantly, we're just trying to see another day and hope that we get home to our people that love us to make sure that we don't die because cops out here are afraid and threatened by us because of their own guilt. That is what it's like to be black in America. That is why slavery will never, ever be forgotten. And that is why Black History Month exists in America. You owe it to us, and we're going to take it, and you're going to listen every single year. And with that, that is my whole thing on Black <laughs> History Moments or me just talking about black history for this episode. Now, to the wrestling portion of my business. Let me get my ratings for this week of professional wrestling. One goes to AEW, two goes to NXT, three goes to SmackDown, and four goes to Raw. And I'm going to give SmackDown and Raw a pass. As in, it was passable. I'm not going to say it was bad or nothing. Because it's their go-home episodes to the Royal Rumble. And what I mean by go-home is their last episode trying to pump up ticket sales. Not even ticket sales, but pump up subscriptions to the network. And try to make people watch their upcoming pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble, which happens tonight. And here's my prediction for the Royal Rumble as well. My picks. I'm picking Sasha Banks to beat Carmella and retain her SmackDown, ta SmackDown Women's Championship. I am saying that Asuka and Charlotte will beat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to retain their women's tag team titles. I am picking Drew McIntyre to beat Goldberg to retain his WWE title. I am picking Roman Reigns to beat Kevin Owens to retain his Universal Championship in a last man standing match. I am picking... The new upstart from NXT now up to the main roster. And I'm saying this because there she should be on the main roster by this time by the time tonight. Rhea Ripley to win the Royal Rumble. And if she doesn't, my second pick is Bianca Belair. And for the men's Royal Rumble, my pick for the men's Royal Rumble to win. My first pick is Daniel Bryan. But if it's not Daniel Bryan, I am going to pick Keith Lee. Those are my picks for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view tonight. And like I said, if you want to watch, if you want to watch 
uh, Raw or SmackDown, just know you're not going to get much out of Raw. They were just trying to pump up Royal Rumble. There was nothing high and spectacular about it. In SmackDown, the only good thing about SmackDown this week was Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens and different... Uh, they had them in split screen, so... Roman Reigns was talking to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was talking to Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns was able to get under Kevin Owens' skin, saying that Kevin Owens' uh, grandfathers would be ashamed of him for not acknowledging Roman Reigns as the tribal chief. And you see Kevin Owens get visibly pissed off at Roman and tell him to watch his mouth and saying that at Royal Rumble is going to be over for Roman Reigns. He's going to do this for his grandfathers and all that type of jazz. That's the only thing that picked up on SmackDown of worth noting. Uh, Impact Wrestling, the only thing worth noting was that Trey Miguel did not sign with WWE or AEW. He is back with Impact Wrestling. Trey Miguel was rumored to go to NXT with his uh, running stablemates, uh, Wesley, formerly known as uh, Desmond Xavier in Impact Wrestling and Nash Carter, formerly known as Zachary Wentz, in Impact Wrestling. And those three were supposed to come into NXT together, but something happened with Trey Miguel. I'm not sure. I didn't dig into it. That if he, Whenever he wants to have that being posted out, he'll post it out. But he stuck with Impact Wrestling. He was in the main event, and he got the win over Sammy Callahan in the main event. It was an eight-man tag match. So that's... A good for Impact Wrestling. AEW had Eddie Kingston beating uh, Lance Archer. It had Chris Jericho, MJF beating the Varsity Blondes. It was Adam Page beating Ryan Namath. He is the Ryan Namath is the brother of Dolph Ziggler, who was in WWE. Jungle Boy defeated Dax Harwood. It had Britt Baker defeating Shauna. And it had the Young Bucks and Good Brothers beating Dark Order. And after the match, the Young Bucks said that they are in the next week's uh, tag team battle royal. And if they win, they get to pick who they face at AEW Revolution. And they tease that they could be anybody. And they look towards the Good Brothers. They threw up the two sweet sign. Phoenix came out. He started to pound on the Young Bucks while John Moxley came out and he started to beat up on the Good Brothers. They took out the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. Phoenix was outside of the ring at this moment and now it's John Moxley on the ring by himself. And Kenny Omega came out the tunnel running up with a shoe in hand because he was going to try to gouge uh, Moxley's eye because his shoe was supposed to be pointy, but Moxley was able to hit him with the paradigm shift and that was the end of the show. The, the end of the show was Phoenix and John Moxley standing over the Elite. NXT had MSK, Wesley, and Nash Carter beating Drew, not Drew, um, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane to advance in the Dusty Road Tag Team Classic. And Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai defeating Aaliyah and Jesse Carmen to advance in their, the women's version of the Dusty, Dusty Testing Classic. Yeah, Tyler Rust defeating a local enhancement guy. An enhancement guy is a basically a guy just to be there to get beat up on. Um, the Grizzled Young Veterans beat 
Kushida and Leon Ruff, and they will be advancing on in their side of the Dusty Rotating Classic. Ross and Reed defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly beat Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch in the main event of NXT. So if I had to pick out of NXT or AEW this week, I would go with AEW because the match of the whole week was Jungle Boy and Dax Harwood. It was a good match between the two. And if you want to see it, it's somewhere on YouTube or go on your um, cable providers on demand and you should see that episode on there and look for that match. That matches extremely well. That matches to make Jungle Boy a single superstar in the future. Um, that is Luke Perry's kid. Jungle Boy is Luke Perry's kid. The for the rest the actor who is now passed away from, I believe, mm, some type of show back in the day. But his last like acting thing was on Riverdale. Anyway, but yeah, his kid. That's his kid, Jungle Boy, and they're trying to make Jungle Boy a big star whenever he becomes a singles uh guy. He's a tag team wrestler right now. But nevertheless. That was the match of the week. Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. And that is all. I have no, like, I have no inquiring mind segment for this February. I, I'm not, I don't have that this. <laughs> I don't have it for February. This whole thing is nothing but me talking about blackness in America. And whenever the Valentine Day special Rolls around, I'm going to talk about black artists that fills the room with love. What I mean by that, you can feel happy by their songs or you get in a mood to be affectionate with your lover type of deal. Because it'll fit the Valentine's Day uh, theme. But nevertheless, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear my voice again. I love you guys. I love you guys. And yet again, I do not, I do not hate white people. I just despise certain white people's tendencies towards black people or towards people that are not their skin color, their complexion. I have a problem with that because we are all supposedly one. That was the key phrase. We're all supposed to be one. We're all supposed to look after one another on this planet, on this whole journey that we're on. Because we all could be took it out in an instance. And by the way, rest in peace, Cicely Tyson. She was 96 years old. So I got to say rest in peace to one of... She was a she was a great actress. Her late her last thing that I saw her in was being Annalise Keating, Viola Davis's mother, and How to Get Away with Murder. But she's lived she lived a long life. She lived a long good life of what I've seen of her films and her television television whenever she will be on there. But nevertheless, yet again, recipe Cicely Tyson. And yet again, I do not despise white folks. I despise um racist tendencies and bigots tendencies you could overcome your racistness racistness 
You can overcome your bigotry. You just got to put the work into it. But yet again, I love you guys. I will talk to you guys the next episode. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear this voice again. But until then, I love you guys. I'm out. This was my Two Cents Podcast. And I love you guys.